It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts, and make sure... To follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every Friday throughout the season, I'm going to need your participation through our weekly Friday mailbag here on Lockdown Panthers. The way to send the questions is by adding me or DMing me on Twitter. So make sure to click follow, then send me your questions right now as I'll be getting those in to you guys on Friday like I'm going to do throughout the rest of the season and then again in the offseason. So make sure you get those questions in. On today's show, the Carolina Panthers have a brand new kicker. Will that solve anything? Unlikely, but we'll talk about it. Also, the New Orleans Saints, they got a lot of issues going on with them in terms of COVID and IR issues and injuries. We'll get into just how important this win would be for the Carolina Panthers an excellent opportunity here in the first half of the season to pile up some wins as the second half of the season is pretty backloaded in terms of the strength of schedule. Let's go ahead and start off there, though, with New Orleans Saints and the game coming up here on Sunday. We've talked about it, how the Carolina Panthers have a great opportunity to get off to a fantastic start to the season by beating the Jets, which they went out there and did. Yes, they left some things to be desired, like winning by more than 19-14 and the offense executing better in the red zone and scoring more points overall. But a win is a win. The Jets get paid too. But the Panthers are a better team. They went out there and took care of business. The Saints looked awesome on Sunday, as I talked about yesterday, winning 38-3, a stunner against the Green Bay Packers, a team that was number one in the NFC last year before losing an NFC title game for the second year in a row, this time to the Super Bowl winning Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It can go without being said that New Orleans is probably the most impressive team week one in the NFL in terms of their win. Since then, the Saints have had some issues as it pertains to injuries and COVID. According to Adam Schefter, the New Orleans Saints, as of Tuesday, had eight total cases, six of them coming from offensive coaches, one from a nutritionist, and one player who I don't know yet, but will be going on the COVID list. Eight total cases, once again, for the New Orleans Saints, and the Saints have had to deal with a ton of stuff at the early part of the season, having to relocate because of Hurricane Ida, going to set up a temporary headquarters up in Dallas-Fort Worth area. They played their first home game on Sunday in Jacksonville, where pregame I was seeing a lot of tweets about, there's a ton of Packers fans here in the stands, didn't play a single role or factor in that game as they mopped Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. 
they were without some of their starters. If you go to their depth chart on Saints.com right now, guys like cornerback Ken Crowley, who's been in there for a while, he's on IR. Wide receiver Troy Con Smith, he's on IR. And their kicker, Will Lutz, one of the best kickers in the NFL, he's on IR. Overall, they have nine players on the injured reserve list. Then you go to Sunday with already having three key players in terms of starters that were on IR, they picked up more injuries. Marshawn Lattimore had surgery on his thumb on Tuesday and is now listed week to week. He's not going to play on Sunday. He signed a mega deal Sunday morning. That was announced Sunday afternoon following the win. Their center, Eric McCoy, is expected to miss some time with a calf strain. He's not going to be there on Sunday. Defensive end, Marcus Davenport, a former first-round pick, has a pectoral strain and will miss some time. He's not going to play on Sunday. So if I'm counting correctly, that's six Saints starters that will not be available on Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. Oh, yeah. And by the way, I forgot Michael Thomas. He's not going to play either. Seven. Seven key Saints will not play in the game at Bank of America Stadium on Sunday, 1 o'clock on Fox. This is a massive opportunity for the Carolina Panthers to get the Saints. Last year, the game at the Superdome was close, back and forth. Carolina had an opportunity late. Teddy Bridgewater takes a sack. You can blame the O-line. You can can blame Teddy. Whoever you want to choose. I knew you are going to choose Teddy Bridgewater, which is fine. He's gone, whatever. But the Carolina Panthers in that situation cannot allow that to happen. Joey Sly trotted out there for a record-long field goal and was just short the Panthers lose that game. Later on in the season, week, eight, week 17, Panthers get blown out. They have an opportunity to try and make a statement early on in the season against a team that is 8-1. I guess now 9-1 the last three seasons without Drew Brees. And I guess we can't really count the one they just had on Sunday considering that Drew Brees is retired and now working for NBC. And he did even say that, hey, I guess what they were missing all this time was the deep ball, which Jameis Winston provides. But Jameis Winston can only mask so much of what the Saints are going to be missing. Seven players, six offensive coaches. I don't believe any of them are Sean Payton. As long as Sean Payton's out there and they have their defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen, I feel like this New Orleans Saints are probably going to be fine on game day. Yes, it's important to have your positional coaches there throughout the week, but Payton's the mastermind and he's been able to win a Super Bowl there. He's been able to dominate this division over the last couple of years and he was able to make Jameis Winston look amazing on Sunday against the Green Bay Packers. All that being said, they could not be facing the Saints at a better time, the Carolina Panthers, which is why I felt going into the season, why they had an opportunity to be 3-0. I think New Orleans overall, if they're healthy, is a better football team than the Carolina Panthers right now. And that's just based off of what I've seen from them in the past. And they've lost plenty of guys to cap casualties and the injuries so far earlier this season and Michael Thomas on the pup list. But just looking at it, I think the Saints have a stronger roster, more proven roster might be the better term right now. Carolina looked awesome on Sunday, especially defensively against the Jets. There's still question marks about that offensive line. They gave up a lot of pressures on Sunday. And Sam Donald so far answering the questions of, yeah, I think he actually might be the right guy here in Carolina if we're just going to base it off of one game. Again, a long way to go when it comes to Sam Donald and his evaluation and whether he can prove to be the long-term franchise option here in Carolina. And not just that, a guy who can deliver the Lombardi Trophy here to Charlotte and to the Carolinas. But again, if you want to face New Orleans, you want to face them 
Week two of the season after coming off a win at home. You want to face them at home. You want to face them when Michael Thomas is not playing, when they don't have their starting kicker, when they're missing a bunch of guys to injury. And unfortunately for New Orleans, they are having an ongoing COVID outbreak. You hope for the Carolina Panthers it doesn't impact them. Carolina's already said that 67 of their 69 guys on the roster have been vaccinated. One of those is not John Miller, who will probably not play again on Sunday, which is unfortunate considering the Panthers could use him so they could boot Pat Elfline and put Dennis Daly at left guard or at least Brady Christensen at left guard. But our wishes won't come true so far. A win could maybe be fool's gold considering that New Orleans doesn't have their full complement of players. But under the circumstances, who cares? Build the momentum, especially for a young team, the youngest roster in the NFL with a quarterback looking to redeem himself, McCaffrey back in a defense that has to be confident after what they did to the New York Jets offensive line and pile driving Zach Wilson into the dirt all day Sunday, get a dub, go to Houston on Thursday, have that mini buy, heading to Dallas, you're 3-0, and you probably have Troy Aikman and Joe Buck on the call in Dallas. You have to think that winning this game on Sunday would be so massive for momentum and really jumpstart Carolina to a point in the first half of the season where they could have a lot of wiggle room in the second half when the schedule presumably gets tougher if we're going to base it off what we saw on week one and what we saw last season from some of these teams that were going to show up coming in the second half of the season. And I would also wonder, like, how tough of a loss would this be to swallow for you as a Panthers fan and even for the team? If under all these circumstances, all the missing players at home, they can't get a win against New Orleans. It would be deflating for sure. I don't think it's something that's going to happen necessarily. I'm still very interested to see how these things play out the next couple days, whether New Orleans has more cases pop up, who's actually going to be available, who's going to be coaching on the sideline. But right now, you have to feel pretty good when it comes to the Carolina Panthers playing the New Orleans Saints on Sunday, considering who's not going to be there for New Orleans and who we know is going to be there for Carolina and where the game is taking place. Now, a win, as I've said, would be massive. What could it mean for the Panthers in terms of the first half of the season and what their record could look like? We talk about 3-0. and Could they potentially get to 6-2, and 7-1 and to start off the season, giving themselves a little bit of margin for error in the second half of the season? Let's look at that schedule a little bit and look at the importance of this game and what it can mean if Carolina wins kind of here in just a moment. We're back in better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on... We're back in better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I said this yesterday. If the Panthers beat the Saints... I believe that it's very reasonable to think that this team will be 3-0 in the NFC South by time they play Tampa Bay later on this season in December. They close out the season with three games, two of them against Tampa, and then one game against New Orleans on the road. The last two weeks of the season, week 17 and 18, two games that I honestly hate what they're finishing at at New Orleans and at Tampa Bay. Now, considering that Tampa Bay is the reigning Super Bowl champion, who they brought back, there is a good percentage chance that if everything goes according to plan for Tampa Bay and the way everyone kind of thinks things are going to figure out here this season, and with the NFC West being just a gauntlet, Matthew Stafford and the Rams, they looked awesome on Sunday night, albeit the Chicago Bears have no offense and they have an aging defense that used to be awesome a couple years ago. Russ was cooking in Indianapolis. Arizona with one of the shockers of the weekend outside of the Saints blowing out the Packers, going to Tennessee, shutting down Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans and Chandler Jones having five sacks. Oh, yeah, and San Francisco, not quite sure what exactly they're doing at quarterback. Garoppolo's there, and as long as they're healthy, which they already lost Raheem Mostert for the season, unfortunately, mess up his knee, going to have surgery. When they're healthy, we saw a couple years ago, that's a team that can play for a Super Bowl. So there's still a possibility that those guys beat up on each other. We'll see what Green Bay does, how they bounce back for Aaron Rodgers back. New Orleans, not New Orleans, Tampa Bay could be sitting there week 18, not really needing to win, already having that first round by locked up. We'll see how as we get there. Either way, the ending of the schedule for the Carolina Panthers here in 2021 is brutal. Absolutely brutal, which makes the game on Sunday. And I know you don't want to look too far ahead, but we're going to play this exercise. It might be a useless one to do, but I'm sure that you thought about it. I'm thinking about it right now. Let's just talk it out. Looking at it, 1-0 already. If you beat New Orleans, 2-0. Houston, it's on the road. Joey Sly revenge game. <laughs> Whatever. You should beat the Houston Texans, right? So you're 3-0. Dallas, really good team, especially offensively, defensively. They're not really good at all. They're, I think you could call them bad defensively. So we'll see if Carolina can take advantage of that. Either way, that looks like that's probably a shootout down there in Dallas. But Dallas is a good team. I think they're going to win a division there in the NFC East, especially with Washington now going to Taylor Heineke, even if they have Fitzmagic. I wasn't buying into that because that dude is a dude who cannot get you to the playoffs. I don't care what people say. Last year, if he would have played with over Tua, the Dolphins weren't going to the playoffs. They weren't going to beat Buffalo when they needed to. And Fitzpatrick, the last time he had a chance to take a team to the playoffs, he crapped himself week 17 on the road in Buffalo, then came back the following season with the Jets and threw six interceptions in a game. But somehow that's the guy that we like to prop up and act, act as if he's any good. There's a reason why he's been on as many teams as he's been on. End rant. Either way, start off 3-0. and Dallas, maybe we'll call it a loss. If there's going to be any sort of loss, I think, in the first half of the season, it's potentially to Dallas and maybe on Sunday to New Orleans. Then again, a really good situation. 
But the Carolina Panthers, they got to stack up wins early on. The schedule's backloaded, looking at it. Week 9 versus New England. Mac Jones looked pretty solid first week. It's the Patriots added a lot in free agency, especially defensively. I think they're going to be a lot better team this year. They should have won that game against Miami. Instead, Damian Harris fumbled it away. Arizona on the road looked awesome. Panthers have owned them the last two seasons. Don't feel that great about that one this year as I have the last couple seasons. Versus Washington, at home, Panthers blew them out. And if it's Fitzmagic, Heineke, Kyle Allen, I feel good about that game at home, at Miami. That will be a difficult one by home against Atlanta. should be a dub. Then the final four games at Buffalo versus Tampa, at New Orleans, at Tampa. A better Patriots team, a Cardinals team that missed out on the playoffs by a game. Washington was in the playoffs. Miami, who missed out on the playoffs by a game. The crappy Falcons, then the AFC championship runner-up, the Super Bowl champions twice, and the team New Orleans, who you see on Sunday, week two. You look at that, and you really feel like you got to get them right now, especially for a young team. Why winning on Sunday is so important to build that momentum. So if things do go awry early on in the second half of the schedule, which we're, we've kind of gotten accustomed to here the last couple years, hopefully it'll be better. But still, you at least have some margin for error. Like, they need to stack up wins early, guys. When you're facing a banged-up Saints team, you got to get that W. Then you play the land of misfit free agents down in Houston with Tyrod Taylor and Deshaun Watson with all his issues and not wanting and still wanting to be traded amongst all those things. Wild what's going down in Houston. Philly, maybe they're better than what we thought. Jalen Hurts looked really good. Or maybe the Falcons just suck. I'm going to go with the Falcons just suck. Minnesota, I, I don't know. I, I really don't. That's a game Carolina should have won last year. They didn't. I, I don't really know what to think about that, but it's a game at home at New York again. Did you watch what they did? on? It's only one week, one week, one week. Teddy Bridgewater carved them up. And the Denver Broncos have an awesome defense. Panthers look like they have an awesome defense, too. I don't know if they're as good as Denver, but it doesn't matter. Still two really good defenses. I'm not worried about Daniel Jones. Then, then against Atlanta on the road, historically, you know, not necessarily the place that Carolina wins at. But if you're ever going to beat the Falcons in Atlanta, it should be this season. When they have nothing going for them offensively, they're terrible defensively. And I mean, they're the Falcons, man. They're a dumpster fire. So Dallas and New Orleans feel like the only formidable opponents in the first eight weeks of the season. Sure, I could see a scenario where maybe Minnesota bounces back. They lose in overtime on Sunday to Cincinnati. Dalvin Cook fumbles the game away. They probably would have won had he not fumbled it. Either way, the, the Vikings, I don't really know. So maybe if there's going to be any three teams in the first half of the season that could beat Carolina, it'd be among the group of Dallas, New Orleans, and Minnesota. But two of those games are at home. None of the road games, I see Carolina losing. Like Houston on the road, not worried about that. Philly at home, Minnesota at home, New York on the road, Atlanta on the road. I'm not really worried about either one of those games. There's a great chance they could get to 6-2. and two. I'm, Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm just looking at how things are breaking down and just the opportunity, because it really just comes back to the opportunity that lies ahead on Sunday afternoon against the Saints. Win that game, beat Houston, get that momentum, have Sam Darnold take care of the football, feeling good about himself, Christian McCaffrey doing Christian McCaffrey things, and this defense just going nuts and making and just creating nightmare afternoons for quarterback after quarterback. Don't be shocked halfway through. This team's six and two. Don't be at all. Because if they get to that, that sets them up perfectly for the second half of the season against a far, far 
tougher schedule and higher class of opponent. Now, one of the things that could derail that, though, is the ongoing situation the Carolina Panthers have at kicker. Out goes Ryan Santoso. In goes Zane Gonzalez. We'll break it all down here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite shows, sports, movies all in one place that means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again and the best part there's no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com compatible devices required content varies by package I always try to be healthy. I sometimes fail at it, but one of the things that helps me stay healthy is Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar ever. And did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor that you should always try and check out? But go ahead and check out some of these flavors right now, like coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone, even you. Yes, you. I'm talking to you right now. Go check out Built Bar. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. You can figure out which one is your favorite. So moving forward, you can always order that one flavor or you can always just try all Built Bars at the same time. And not only are Built Bars the best tasting, but like I said to you earlier, they're also healthy. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. The Carolina Panthers are currently on a merry-go-round of awful kickers. It was Joey Sly, then it was Ryan Santoso, now enter Zane Gonzalez. The Panthers decided that they were going to waive Ryan Santoso following Sunday's game, where he made two field goals of 22 and 29 yards, and also the sin of all sins when it comes to kickers now in the National Football League since they've moved back the extra point. He missed an extra point. The Panthers decided that they were ready to move on. Let's also note in that game from the 33-yard line, it would have been a 51-yard attempt. He made a 52-yard attempt that he doinked in in that preseason game where he made all five of his kicks as he sent Joey Sly packing to Houston, where Sly, of course, has made all seven of his field goals to start the season, and the Carolina Panthers continue to be snake-bitten when it comes to kickers leaving Carolina and becoming awesome elsewhere, although I think they made their bed with the Butker decision and, later on, the Gano decision, which we'll get here also into in just a moment. As I see, the revisionist history continues to happen when it comes to Harrison Butker and, Gar- and Graham Gano. So once again, I'll try and set the record straight, but whether you want to listen or not, that's really up to you because clearly a lot of you have not been listening anyway. But either way, Matt Rule decided he didn't want to attempt a 51-yarder with Santoso, which should have been telling. Matt Rule disguised it as, oh, well, they got a rookie quarterback and we want to pin him back deep. We're going to play field position in the first half. Okay. 
Okay, field position in the first half of a game. Didn't work out. Charleston's punt wasn't any good. The Jets got the ball at the 15 yards. So, hey, 18-yard punt. Fantastic. Great decision, Matt Rule. He didn't believe in his kicker, and they moved on with their kicker. Now, remember, they signed Santoso by trading for him, giving a seventh-round conditional pick to Dave Guttman up there in New York with the Giants, where Santoso was backing up Graham Gano, former Carolina Panthers kicker, who a lot of you guys wanted out of town, but I bet you wish he was here now. Either way, conditional pick. They would have to give him a seventh-round pick had Santos been on the roster for two games. He obviously is not on the roster for two games. And I guess the Carolina Panthers didn't feel confident enough with him on the roster after one game to give up a seventh-round pick where they actually have become valuable, as you've seen Stan Thomas Oliver make the roster last season. And then this year, you saw Bill Hoskins make the roster in years past of Marty Herney. Seven-round picks don't typically make the roster, so it really would not have meant that all that much at all. Also, Scott Fitter is a guy who likes to use that draft capital to be in on every deal, as he's let us know. But again, Ryan Santoso is no longer here at the Carolina Panthers. They have since signed Zane Gonzalez, Zane Gonzalez, Zane Gonzalez, off the Lions practice squad. Zane Gonzalez made 78% of his field goals, a career long of 56, and has made 94.6% of his extra points throughout his career. Last year in Arizona, he was 16 of 22 from field goal range, and 38 of 39 extra points, which is good. Only one missed extra point still. I don't like that. By rule, because the Carolina Panthers signed him off of another team's practice squad, the Panthers are required to keep Gonzalez on the active roster for three weeks. So at least for the next three weeks, Zane Gonzalez is your Carolina Panthers kicker. Congratulations, Zane. Hopefully things get better. Now, Bo Brack who is one of our hosts of Locked on Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals podcast. We'll talk to him later on in the year when we do our crossover episode. He did tweet at me and said, Zane missed a lot of important kicks last year. And I said to him, well, not surprising, considering good kickers aren't available in September. Like I told y'all last month in August throughout training camp and the preseason, good kickers are not available in August. So it's very unlikely the Carolina Panthers are going to find an upgrade. I never really felt like Ryan Santosa would be an upgrade from Joey Sly. The issue with Joey was he needed to go somewhere else based off of his confidence being absolutely shot. I didn't watch the Texans game. I just only made all of his field goals, which again, shocker that he leaves somewhere else and is now making field goals. I still don't believe Joey's a very good kicker. I'm happy for him that he went out there and he had success with Houston to start off. Do I expect that to be the trend moving forward that Joey Sly is going to continue to be? A accurate, successful kicker in Houston? No, because he never has been, whether that was back in college or here in the NFL at the Carolina Panthers. But again, good for Joey. Doesn't really concern us at this point in time, and I don't think there's ever going to be a day where Joey Sly comes back here as the kicker or Ryan Santoso comes back. It's now Ryan, it's now Zane Gonzalez, excuse me. It's now his job to keep. Will he be an upgrade? I doubt it. I'm prepared for untimely misses, as has been tradition here for the last couple years in Carolina, even with Graham Gano. And Graham had a horrible season the year prior, They before they brought in Harrison Butker, who was fantastic at Georgia Tech. A kick one of the most famous kicks at Georgia Tech, the 50-yarder he had to beat Georgia, or at least in the game to overtime, whatever, whatever it was. He's had a great career so far in Kansas City. If you go to Pro Football Reference, and you look at their numbers kicking-wise, both him and Graham Gano throughout their time in the league. Graham's actually been better when it comes to field goal accuracy, while 
Um, Harrison Bucker has been better when it comes to extra point accuracy while they've both been in the league. Both of those guys are above 90%. Joey Sly was not above 90% at that. Ryan Santoso until yet, until Sunday had never kicked in an actual NFL regular season game. And Zane Gonzalez, as I point out the numbers to you, is not above 90% when it comes to field goal kicking, but he is when it comes to extra points, which at least he's not missing a ton of extra points. But he's not better than the guys that they used to have, at least they could have had on the roster in Butker or Gano. Again, Graham Gano was a veteran kicker for a playoff team there in 2017. They were not willing to cut him in favor of a rookie kicker who they weren't quite so sure about. Graham Gano went on to be a pro bowler that season, though he did miss timely kicks, like in that divisional round, that wild card round game in the playoffs against New Orleans. Later on, he, we can go back to week one in that game against Denver where he should have never played it. The whole Super Bowl rematch on NBC on that Thursday night where they're watching Denver celebrate hoisting the Lombardi trophy for the second time, which I don't understand why the league did that. I do, but I hate the fact that they did that. Misses that all-important kick that could have won the game. People won't forgive him for that. There's a Seattle game back in 2018 when the season was falling apart. A 50-yarder that Graham has to make that he didn't miss, that he, that he missed. He did have the 61-yarder against the Giants, something that they always asked Joey Sly to do. He could never do. Graham Gano did. Last year when Graham Gano was healthy, signed with the Giants, was a fantastic kicker. You can be mad about Harrison Bucker. Go ahead, do that. I don't begrudge you. Let's just remember that Gano beat him out, and they didn't want to have a situation where they had a rookie kicker. Now, you can also look at the fact that, well, Kansas City brought him in. They had a playoff team that year, and they put their they relied on a rookie kicker. Very true. They did. They needed a different situation because Cairo Santos was their kicker. He's a bad kicker. They figured, let's get the butt kicker and see how that works out. And it's worked out pretty well for them as they have that, that situation probably figured out for the next decade with Harrison Bucker. And I wish that was the case here in Carolina. At the very least, though, we, I think we all can agree on this. Either Butker or Gano should be on the Panthers roster right now. The fact that none of them are is an organizational failure dating back to when the big cat, Jerry Richardson, was owning the team. And when Marty Herney was running the organization in the franchise and then now carrying on over to Matt Rule, who has the final personnel say, by the way, and new general manager, Scott Fitterer, who I can't really put too much on, considering that, you know, he just got here. But again, Amendola looked pretty good on Sunday for the Jets in terms of punting. That guy's an all-around kicker. And they decided not even give him a camp invite to Spartanburg and gave Joey Sly no competition and then led themselves to having to try and figure out the kicker position at the final week of training camp and the final preseason game. Like, literally, the day before the final preseason game, like, oh, fine, let's go get some competition. Like, what are we doing here in Carolina? Seriously. Like, what what the hell is that? I'm hoping things work out here with Zane Gonzalez because Lord knows that the Carolina Panthers do, cannot afford to have a kicker go out them there and lose them games like they have the last two seasons, especially in a year where I think they have a chance to be in the playoff hunt and they have a chance to really get off to a, a good start to the season. Let's just not have a kicker be the reason why the Carolina Panthers go out there and lose a game late. So fingers crossed. Praying for Zane Gonzalez that things work out here for him and the Carolina Panthers can find their kicker, even though I think once we get to the offseason 2022 and the draft at the end of April, uh, that kicker might need to be a priority there in the latter rounds using that seventh round pick that they get to keep and the one that they got from the Miami Dolphins when they got rid of Greg Little. 
All right, so that's going to wrap up another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to the show. Follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where right now, either at me or DM me your questions for a weekly Friday mailbag, which we do, again, every Friday here on Locked On Panthers. Get those questions in. Now, I've already got a ton of questions, a lot about what's going on in the red zone. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll chop it up there. Also going to chop it up tomorrow with Ross Jackson, the host of the Locked On Saints podcast. Does a fantastic job talking Saints, so we're going we're gonna to go at it. I, I love talking to Ross about football. I think it'll be a fun show, so make sure to tune into that on Thursday and then to send me in your questions for Friday. Thanks again, y'all, for the support. I will talk to you tomorrow. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.